everybody and welcome to a fiend coronating lesnar revenge touring war games pimping episode of the brothers of discussion we're going to cover everything from the first women's match in saudi arabia history to AEW's tag team development including the crowning of their first ever tag team champions and oof make some time to touch on this jordan miles fiasco matt it's October 31st. Happy Halloween from one brother of discussion to the other. How are I'm you? doing fan-gantastic. Mike, I have three bags of candy, and I've had about 12 trick-or-treaters, so I'm going to have a fun weekend. I don't know how your trick-or-treater uh, count went, but... Uh, oh, mine, it's... mine's going quite well. <laughs> I've got... Um, apples, I've got some better made chips, and a roll of pennies as soon as one trick-or-treater walks up. <laughs> well, I, I've actually still been chowing down on the Halloween candy the last couple days, and I've barely... Uh, we've barely seen a dent made in the bowl. And of course, we still have another two bags of candy that haven't been opened yet. Um, so, good, good news, bad news there, but uh, for all the good news and all the uh, stylings of the Brothers of Discussion, head on over to bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Find us at bodpodcast on Twitter. Find us on Facebook as the Brothers of Discussion. Find our live wrestling discussion group titled as such, Live Wrestling Discussion, uh, with some spoilers, hosted by bodpodcast.com. And uh, find us on Instagram as brothers underscore of underscore discussion. And please, you can find us anywhere that you're listening to podcasts. So if you have a buddy that likes pro wrestling, Send them on over to wherever they're listening to podcasts. Tell them to download the Brothers of Discussion. And uh, follow us, subscribe to us, rate us, and review us, please. We need to see those numbers go up so we can start doing more for you. Oh, yeah. Mike, with that, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, I don't know if you want to jump into one WWE fiasco uh, or, uh, or another which would just be another blood money pay-per-view. Um, or if uh, or if we want to talk the fun stuff, which is always Wednesday night wrestling. Uh, but I know on the list here, I know what I've got. And it just happened this afternoon as we record was Crown Jewel, which is that blood money. It is fresh. Yep. No, there isn't a better way to celebrate Halloween than with a little blood money. <laughs> <laughs> The, the card, um, I, I really, man, the card was an expensive card. Uh, we know that some of the guests, uh, including Kane Velasquez and including Tyson Fury, uh, who does not work for Tyson Meatpacking, it turns out, uh, both, you know, showed up, made millions of dollars to be on this Saudi card. But the big news, Matt, WWE has pulled the trigger, and they have a new Universal Champion in they the feed. Let's, uh, actually, you know, it's funny. We should have said, but somebody else had a bigger night. And then, and then we jump into this audio. Oh, oh, God. God. What are you kidding me? Oh, no. What the hell? The fade. Oh, my goodness. The sister Abigail, the Rollins. 
the feed. Rolls to the ashes. The Fiend Bray Wyatt is the Universal Champion. When there's no more room in hell, the Fiend shall rule the earth. Oh, I'm glad you, I, I'm I didn't glad you get, got that in the cut. <laughs> I didn't get that from Corey. Um, I know it's a nod to uh, to Dawn of the Dead, and then of course I think the Bible. Oh um, yeah, based on the book, <laughs> based on the the New York Times bestseller, <laughs> the Bible. I, I know it from Dawn of the Dead. Um, <laughs> but that other book, yeah, I think more people are familiar with that one. Um, any hoozles, when, uh, when there's no more room left in hell. Uh, you know what? That was a more fitting ending to Hell in a Cell, <laughs> if you think about it. But no. uh, here we are. Um, Mike, we got, we got what we wanted a month ago. And um, I don't know. Uh, social media isn't thrilled. I I was just happy because I said to myself, okay, now it's over. Uh, they put the feet, you know, they did the whole electrical equipment thing where the wrestler who usually gets put through that is out for like a month. Like that's what happens to a wrestler. And then they go on vacation. We see him on Instagram celebrating, you know, down in Mexico or Taking something. Taking pictures a nice, with Charlotte uh, Flair or something. Resorts. Yeah. Right, oh. exactly. Um, I'm not calling her. <laughs> you know exactly. No, I just mean the Andrade stuff is all over. Um. Yeah, you know exactly where I'm going with yeah. that. But uh, no, the fiend is the first one. He he got up before Rollins could even get down. Like from uh, I don't know what do you call it the the uh, the stage the the entrance stage and uh, gets the win. I I don't know. It, it was a terrible match, Mike. To be completely honest, I I've been watching uh, scary movies with my wife all day, and this was definitely oh man. <laughs> I know it's for the universal title. I know it's the fiend, but uh, yeah, just kind of like a repeat, but with that little sprinkle in there that it can't end. Uh, So I guess even if there was an accident and Bray Wyatt had like a pole sticking through his belly, uh, you know, they would have had Seth go down there and pin while he was in tears watching his friend die. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I now I'm just I'm, I'm rambling. Uh, but well, not not a great match. But I think I think it's over. Right? Let's. Uh, I mean, let's let's take a step back. Um, you know, like we started the show, we said you know Tyson Fury came out. Uh, he had his first WWE. I guess we'll call it a match. He defeated Braun Strowman. Uh, Brock got to get revenge on a. Uh, match a UFC fight that was ten years old that nobody was thinking about except probably Brock, um, and the Fiend won the Universal Title. So I just think what's weird is that I think the past couple weeks we've just mentioned Crown Jewel kind of being this is the plaything of a Saudi prince. He has a massive checkbook. He can bring the Undertaker out of bring him off the bench. He can bring Shawn Michaels out of retirement. Uh, he can bring Triple H out of a soft retirement. Uh, he can get Goldberg to fight again. So it just kind of seems like Crown Jewel operates in its own little bubble, where you know it's like whose line is it anyway. Uh, the points don't matter. Uh, and I guess Matt, how do you reconcile that with the Fiend? Because if we're going to look at these other events as being one-offs, you know, because it's just, you know, it's obeying the whims of a, a rich man. 
Um, how do we reconcile that with The Fiend? Does that mean that this is going to be a short-lived Universal title run? Or is it just that they were so afraid of like the results they've been getting from the uh, dark matches, from crowd reactions at you know the TV tapings, that they just said, we, we just got to pull the trigger. We, we can't wait any longer. Uh, okay, there's a lot to unpack there. But what I'm going to start with uh, is just you can't you couldn't go you couldn't go another month of not giving the fiend the title because last that hell in a cell match was so bogus um and it's obvious it's clear right now they have no idea how to book a match with with bray wyatt and uh you know i i don't want to i don't want to throw anybody under the bus but we've we've talked to folks that that say you know 100 percent of that is what's going on with the guys in the ring I, I find that hard to believe myself. I think there's a lot of direction coming through to, to just, you know, let's do 15 finishers. And then that, I, I just, I don't know. I, I know I'm getting off track, but I find that hard to believe. So when I, when I, when I come to that conclusion, I've decided that the WWE is, is finding it pretty tough to book Bray Wyatt in a championship match, which comes back to what I said a couple months ago, where he shouldn't even be in these championship matches yet. Um, so, yeah, that being said, I th- I think that since they were in this hole, like I I think I just need to preface it this way is that I don't I still don't think this is the right place for Bray Wyatt, but they they dug this hole themselves. So the only way you could kind of dig yourself out of it was to just keep digging. So all right, let's make him the champion and let's see what we can do from there. Because the absolute last thing they could do was give up on the hole and walk away and just have Bray try and find some way to make his character relevant again. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it was either this this month or it was going to happen at Survivor Series, but we found out, you know, today, too, that Survivor Series is getting a heck of a kick in the pants, um, maybe in a good way. So, yeah, do, do you wait two months to pull the trigger, right? I, there's just there's just so much here. Uh, I mean, you would have had to give Bray Wyatt a whole month off because you wouldn't want anyone to remember that Bray exists if he lost again today. Uh, I, I think that was for that's, that's the main grab, at least in my opinion for this happening. It's just so funny that like the easiest answer for WWE was just to punt. Like instead of having him, you know, go from Finn Balor right to Seth Rollins for the championship. If you could have just given him one more feud, then you just got to get through, you know, the, the Saudi Arabian circus. And then, Survivor Series, which traditionally does not have, you know, a, um, you know, if they're going to do the brand splits, it's not going to have a like a battle for the WWE Championship. It's going to be a champion versus champion, you know, uh, brand war. Yeah. So then you could have just punted and then just waited for you know Royal Rumble, but I don't know. You can't you can't go back now. Um, and yeah, now you definitely now, can't go back. <laughs> now he's. I mean, unless they just want to, you know, enrage the the WWE audience or even worse, uh, make them bored so that they go to alternatives, you know, on Wednesday nights, The Fiend's going to be your champion all, all the way through WrestleMania, barring injury. There you go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that there there's so much to talk about here. So I... I... I'm not, I, I don't want to leave it at just that. Um, Cause I, I mean, you asked, is it going to be a no, short? No, there's a lot more to, to process because if, 
you know, you got to imagine Seth's going to have a rematch. Um, so we'd be looking at, you know, kind of our second or third version of them, um, you know, fighting each other. And then ultimately, you got to think the Fiend is going to win the feud. Um, so then Seth Rollins is going to have to find something else to do. And we're going to have to, you know, elevate somebody else to fight the Fiend. Or the Fiend is going to... It's a weird position because it's like... Traditionally, as the champion, you know, uh, uh, people come for you, but it feels like the fiend is going to seek people out to fight. Yeah, like he shouldn't. He shouldn't be in the ring and get attacked by like Kevin Owens or something. Uh, uh, so here's the other confusing element here: the fiend is technically on SmackDown, right? Brock is also on SmackDown, so now you've got the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship on SmackDown. If you had to pick someone that was more likely to lose before WrestleMania, who would you pick? Well, uh, it's got to be Brock then. Wow. I would have a thousand percent said The Fiend. uh, I mean, unless they're going to do some, you know, some triple threat shenanigans or something like that. Yeah. I I don't know. No, I just, because I I mean, Brock will... I think they're pooping their pampers right now. They don't want to... You know, they feel like, oh, we already made one big mistake with The Fiend and knocked his popularity down. Are we really going to make another mistake like that? Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I, I mean, this this is all reactive, and that's what I've always said is the problem, is that they're never thinking long-term. They're always thinking, like, in the short term, what can we do this week to make the show good enough? And they never, you know, like you say, I... I'd be happy if they punted more often because I feel like that would mean that they're trying to plan for something. They're going to punt because eventually their their offense is going to be able to overcome or they trust their defense enough. I think all they're doing is on fourth down as they're going for it again. That's that's what it feels like to me. And then they're giving up the ball on the inch line and AEW goes in for another touchdown. Ah. <laughs> And then well, NXT they, is, is they stuck stop. on the other side of the road, the other side of the highway, playing in the minor leagues. But go ahead. Well, I think that the the problem is they can't they they're scared to even punt because um, if you're looking at who the main event guys are right now, Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins, those guys are supposed to get pushes even earlier in both their careers uh, for longer, and then they both got injured. So now it kind of feels like, well, we're not going to wait for this stuff anymore. They're healthy. Put them out there. But then I don't think they like running that. And, risk and I don't know. We've talked about that before, but I, I just I hate that idea. What? That's such a silly way to run to run a television program. You and I agree. We're not here for for just the the quote unquote sport of it, or we'd be watching well, combat like, sports. No, that I think that it kind of feeds into our argument because. If they're just going to say, well, you know, these guys get hurt. These are, you know, they're, they're assets, but they're humans. We saw what happened last time when we kind of dragged our feet. So, so what they should have done is just given Bray the victory at Hell in a Cell. <laughs> yeah, but they're still, but we're but not then there, they're still in this situation. Let me ask you this. Like, they're still in this jumble. Let, and we probably still would have watched yeah. The Fiend against Seth Rollins at Crown Jewel. Well, there's just a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of mol- like molar grinding right now. Matt, what... What is the most positive thing of this outcome today? Sorry, I had to get my hand on the mouse. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Go ahead. What's the most positive, like, wrinkle, detail, outcome 
uh, with Bray's victory today? What's what's the most positive? Well, thing? you know, I got halfway to talking about it, and then I got all scrambled trying to to think about him becoming uh, the Universal Champion. But the the most positive thing is they they really did, you know, without without a match ending. Um, what, what do you say? What was their? It's not. They didn't end the match in a DQ, but they were saving a life, right? So now uh, we see Bray Wyatt. We right, no yeah, contact. we see Bray Wyatt come out of the rubble, you know, presumably dead with this electrical fire that he got thrown into, and uh, and then he gets the win. So I, I think the most positive thing that came out of this is that now we've established Bray with some sort of paranormal presence like we always wanted with The Undertaker, why we love Finn Balor so much and why we wanted him to be Universal Champion uh, as, uh, you know, Demon Balor. Like, it's just something, I think, we, we talked to a guy that writes comic books a couple weeks ago because we all kind of, I, I think I think we're all running into those same worlds. Like, we like the superheroes kind of thing. And we like, we like the monsters. We like right. the magic. It's it's all there. So I, if I had to pick the only good thing to come out of this, because uh, I I still wish he was not in the universal title picture, but now we know the fiend truly is more powerful, or, or maybe we just say stronger than anybody else on the roster. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in regards to possibly a fight with Brock Lesnar coming up. But uh, what what would you say is the most positive thing? Well, um, I'd say the most positive thing is that this is such a such unknown territory. Um, when the fiend came out, we all looked at each other like, "My God, what is happening?" And I mean, it's a little bit like you know, getting a new for me. I really want to dodge Challenger, yeah. um, and maybe there's maybe the way I got it, or you know, maybe it's uh, manual instead of automatic transmission. But we got there. Bray Wyatt is our champion. And barring some unforeseen circumstance, he's going to be our champion for a long time. And I think that's something we've clamored for for years. We've got it. And now he's not going to be booked in a way that WWE is comfortable with. They're going to have to really flex their creative muscles to find new challengers for him. And also, they're going to be able to, you know, kind of give Seth Rollins a a break from being in the spotlight. Because I think he needs... Um, he needs a little bit of a reboot. Like he needs to kind of readjust his character a little bit. And you know, now we have that opportunity. We're gonna have a new, a new masked face. Um, you know, heading SmackDown. So it's it's exciting territory because it's new. I, I, you know, the the path to get there was probably not you know what most of us wanted, including the brothers of discussion, but. Damn it, we got it. We got Bray Wyatt. He's our champion. Now let's see what they can do with it. And I'll, I'll just... The capper would be new is the scariest word in the world, uh, I think, for the WWE. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if, they, if they're if they psyched about it, but I, I know at least from that, from that point of view, maybe they can't just jump into the same old, same old, because um, I... I feel like that's what they did with putting him in the universal title picture was doing the same old, same old. And they're trying to fit, you know, the, uh, the square peg in a round hole kind of thing. And, uh, it just didn't work and they didn't know how to make it work. So hopefully, hopefully they'll just keep their ear to the ground, you know, kind of what, 
not not entirely what do the fans want, but let's not let's not completely screw this up like we did last time. You know, turn turn Seth Rollins into not just a heel, uh, but to like an enemy of pro wrestling fans, which I still don't quite understand. Um, but let, let's let's uh, let's move on because we'll be dissecting the fiend for for weeks and months, and, yeah, and we're we're definitely. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely saying goodbye nuggets, to Cain Velasquez uh, forever. I mean, some triumphs. That was so stupid. Yeah, I, I I think that was kind of a surprising match that it was so short. Um, usually you see a short match with, I mean, Brock traditionally gets a pretty short match. Um, or if somebody's green, they get a short match. But based on the highlights you could find on YouTube, uh, it looked like Cain, he kind of knows what he's doing in the ring. Um, and it looked like they were just trying to it looked like Brock booked this match. Um, they teased him getting hit in the face. Uh, he kind of took one kick. Um, there was some maneuvers on the mat, and then uh, Kimura nope. armlock ends the match. Just kind of, you know, made the whole the whole building um, it up from the first yeah. episode of Fox and what could have been of that last segment. Just makes it all feel all the more empty in my opinion, just the way the whole match turned out. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird way to go because um, with Survivor Series around the corner and based on some of the rumors floating around, it doesn't seem like this is going to be a feud extending into Survivor Series, Brock and Kane. So I... Yeah. Hmm. It's kind of a puzzling move. Like, you know, we, I, I thought it was just the Saudi Arabia bubble, uh, but, you know, Velasquez has signed a contract He's with WWE for you know for seeing. Well, yeah, future, and the other so. thing to, to hmm. yeah, the other thing to keep it's in mind too is this, this: they define this as not the Brock Kane um, feud, but this has always been Rey Mysterio and Brock Lesnar, and uh, yeah, that's just now. Now we know Kane can't beat Brock, and there's other guys on the roster that can. So you know, you didn't you didn't really give him like the Ronda Rousey rub. Uh, I feel like uh, you know Ronda. Ronda got going in like with some victories and then winning a championship. So I, I, I don't know. Do I want Kane to get that rub? No, but I, if he signed a long-term contract, yeah, I'm then, not that passionate about the feud. Well, no, not necessarily the feud. Just, just what his uh, relationship will be with WWE and and with us as viewers. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess ending this with with Brock and Ray. I don't know. You already know how I feel about Ray. I'm not the person that hears booyaka booyaka and gets on my chair and dances. I, I just don't. It's it's not. I don't know. It's it's old. You, you were just talking about the fiend. Why is the fiend so exciting? Because we don't know what's going to happen next. With Ray Mysterio, you know what you're getting. We've been watching. It's been. Yeah, we we don't want Matt to go down as Ray Mysterio. Yeah, and it's been the same um, thing for how many years? So. Some of us like lucha wrestling, man. I'm sorry. Uh, there's uh, a lot of surprises another positive, I'd say, out of Crown Jewel. <laughs> um, Matt, we got to see Natty and Lacey lace them up um, in front of the Saudi Arabian yeah. crowd. Um, I think when they when they uh, you know uh, emotionally were just overwhelmed, I think it was because of that crowd reception, which I'm I'm so glad it turned out like that. You and I had been kind of uh, conjecturing that part of the reason these two particular women were booked um, is that they're uh, t- 
Teflon in a way that whether this match was um, received with boos or whether it was received with uh, crickets, which obviously in Vince's eyes is much worse, uh, these two women wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be damaged at all. They're they're at a point where, you know, Natty is such a pro, it wouldn't matter. And Lacey, they haven't really um, invested to her where her losing or losing a crowd would be a detriment to the entire division. Um, so I think that was a natural choice to have these two fight against each other. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to find out if Natty, you know, the longtime vet, if she got to, you know, pick her opponent. Uh, but yeah, it was... It, you know, we don't want to feel the the Saudi propaganda train too much, but I, I think it was cool to see, um, you know, these women lock up, um, have their match, and then, you know, see that it it does matter. You know, these. I think it's ultimate. It's a it's a microcosm of the wrestling audience met where we want like immediate gratification, um, and. You know, Saudi Arabia is a different country from the United States, and they're not as progressive in some areas, uh, to put it lightly, as we are. So, at the very least, you know, they're they're making baby steps, and I, you know, we we can't make that country turn it all around. Um, so it was it was inspiring. It was it was kind of nice. Yeah, and the the WWE made made sure that you were aware. You know, like there there's there's some sort of strategy behind this. Like before the show even started, they were, they, they had a voiceover talking about how you don't wait for history to come to you. You go get it. And they didn't, you know, God bless them. They didn't show like close-ups of, of Natty and Lacey and, and really rubbing your nose in it. Um, but I think, I think at least if they keep saying that and then they are making movements like this, like if we went another show and there wasn't a ladies match or something. And I, I, I honestly, thought this was more than we would get uh so so i'm i'm pretty happy that that happened but um you know it's so what we're running into is do you just trust that the wwe wants to make these changes or is this all just a big pr stunt and at least when we say that we we watched a wrestling match right happen today we that match actually did happen it wasn't something they talked about trying to make happen um, it becomes easier to believe that they're on the path of uh, making the world better. And, and that felt pretty nice. Um, so yeah, I, good, good match. Great. You know, the emotion behind it, uh, the celebration afterwards. Um, I, yeah, all around. Yeah, one of the, you know, one of the little bright spots and I'd say one of the matches I actually, you know, tuned in to watch. Um, Outside of that, I, I wouldn't really gloss over anything else from Crown Jewel. It, it is the Saudi House show. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to move on to the Wednesday Night Wars, man. All right. Let's do it. Uh, I had AEW this week. You had NXT. Um, Matt, it was a uh, pretty pretty good card. I feel like uh, two weeks in a row, I kind of got the, the better end of the deal. Um, I got Hangman Page beating up uh, Sammy Guevara. And then he cut a hilarious promo where he said, uh, let's start doing some cowboy shit. Pac, I'm going to break your face. But um, it wasn't just that he said shit or that he said he's going to break Pac's face. Uh, it was that the crowd yeah. then did a cowboy shit chant. <laughs> um, so bravo to the AEW faithful uh, for their, their lively 
cowboy shit. Um, but man, the other, I'd say the other big um, event from AEW was the first ever tag team champions of AEW being crowned. Um, and you got to see SCU versus Lucha Bros. And much like the, I think you would say the first round of this uh, tag team tournament got these two teams here is... Like, for example, when he saw Young Bucks in uh, Private Party, he thought, oh, well, I guess the Young Bucks basically get, you know, a first round bye, and then they were out. Um, and I think here, a lot of people thought, you know, the the heavy favorites were the Lucha Bros, and uh, SCU ended up taking those uh, championships, man. And uh, let me get your thoughts here. Do you think that this is... A good move. Yeah, we, we've AEW. talked so many times about building up this roster. Um, I know you're a huge fan of Cody oh. and, and Jericho getting... Um, like, you, you want to build up the old guys so that there's something to believe in. But I, I at least think there's something to say for the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros that they, they didn't need to hold a title. Um, and you and if you have guys there that can actually put on a good match, uh, like, I think we're, we're pretty sure that SCU's been able to do that. Um, unlike, you know, private party, my big complaint last week was, was their ability to, or their stamina to keep up, keep, keep the match going or keep it, um, I don't know, keep the flow and the energy high. And, and I just don't see that problem with SCU. So I think, uh, overall, I I think you've made the choice of the guys that, uh, that, that do put on a good show and you've made a choice of, of a couple of guys that aren't just. I mean, coming in, we didn't know a lot about AEW, but we did know Lucha Bros, and we did know the Young Bucks, their existence, their background. So, yeah, I I say great, I say great move. Yep, absolutely. Um, build it up. You can't have depth if the you know the other teams don't win. Um, and I'd say the other kind of kind of fun uh, little angle they did is uh, I know WWE's really a really big fan of um, like putting somebody in, in pop culture, you know, to host raw or host SmackDown, you know, and uh, you know, market their stuff a little bit. And it looks like Turner network television basically is, you know, trying to get you to watch more Rick and Morty um, on cartoon network, adult swim. Uh, so they had Rick and Morty uh, wrestlers dressed up as Rick and Morty met. It was the best friends in orange Cassidy. Uh, I think the crowd ate it up. I think that it, you know, it sometimes those kind of marketing decisions where it's over the top can be kind of a nightmare. Um, and the crowd kind of turns on the whole segment and then it makes everybody look dumb. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think there was a more perfect person to put in that than the best friends in Orange Cassidy who are already kind of a tongue in cheek gimmick. Um, well, it's nice too to have uh, Justin Roiland call the the entrance for that. Yeah, segment. that was really I cool. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, they got a little custom entrance there. They got a little Rick and Morty montage. Um, then they came out Rick in the, Morty, the thousand year. years. Go ahead. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was. It was just. I should have gotten that drop. Damn it! Damn. It. Oh, jeez. Um. Yeah, it was. It was fun, Matt. I. That's. I think that's when I was watching AEW. I was just sitting there with a smile because I, you know. We're not worrying about, you know, uh, Nielsen numbers. We're not worrying about who who had a higher viewership. It was just a fun night, like to watch wrestling. I got to hear cowboy shit. I got to see tag team matches that meant something, and I got to see a, a really weird cross promotional segment 
that involve professional wrestling and a cartoon about interdimensional travel. So it was <laughs> it was overall just a fun night at AEW. Matt, what stood out for you on NXT? Oh God, uh, I still wanted to talk John Moxley. Uh, oh yeah, you can put that in there. Why? <laughs> so I I did like I liked the promo and I, I liked how you know you you threw it on there as let loose. Um, why are they already doing this? You know, Tony Khan having the conversation with Moxley in the back and horrible acting, by the way. So it's not like we we believe any of this, but uh, to have to hear. With all the problems we were just talking about with uh, with Helen Cell and uh, Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt, why do I have to hear that when Moxley and Omega go at it, this doesn't count for wins and losses? Basically, telling you, well, you're we not lost Matt and AEW. <laughs> that's that's one problem, right? But now we've already been told that this match, that so what what are uh, what do I want to say here? What are we watching this brand for? Are we watching it for the sport? Are we watching it because it's sports entertainment? Like I've been making the argument, it actually it has been more sports entertainment than NXT these last, you know, since, since it started. Yeah. And that is a sports entertainment decision, right? So I think even a like, are you defining yourself as a different brand or are you just, I, you're not even alternative. You're just an alternate. Very right. I mean, there's a huge difference there. You're just the other channel that you could turn on instead of WWE programming. So I think the real alternative is still NXT right now. And hearing that the Moxley-Kenny Omega match uh, will not count on the win-loss records is such a huge bummer because you want I wanted that to be like part of the difference. We've already seen it not matter in regards to who's getting number one contender matches. Now we're seeing it being announced with two of the top stars, arguably, on this brand, that they're going to go at it, Mike, and it means nothing. Well, I think what you need to do then is, what does it mean? It means that they're not going to be fighting for a win or, you know, to not lose. They're going to be fighting to the death. So I think that it was a really kind of risky way here, based on... um, you know, the way Matt's um, kind of interpreting it. Um, because they, they are Water. so steadfast about, well, see, dub you. Lubba dubba dub dub. Lubba wubba lubba dub dub. Um, which JR did get to say. So if you have not watched AEW, you definitely want to hear him butcher wubba lubba dub dub. Um, <laughs> it was beautiful. Um I think what they're just trying to say is that they're they're going to go to war, and this isn't like a, well, I you know have prepared myself. I'm sure you've been training as well, and let's go have a gentleman's contest. I, 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 I yeah, it was kind of a risky, kind of dumb thing to present it like that, but I, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and see what they were doing. I'm going to, you know, maybe the delivery wasn't a plus. I agree, the acting was a little poo poo, but. Uh, the um, acting, you know, that didn't that doesn't bother me. I'm just saying, why have him deliver this line when you can yeah. tell it's obvious? Like you're telling the fans one thing, and then you're actually well, I think doing that another. The contest aspect of like sport that makes it seem more um, structured. And I think what they're trying to do with Moxley is kind of have him operate outside of that structure. 
So that's that's a little bit, I think, what they're going for with his character. No, and that's I, why I, when I, I wrote, totally like, un- he's, he's off the hinge. They're I like, totally no, he's really it. off the hinge. He he doesn't even care about the win. He just wants to beat people up. Yeah, no, and I, I totally get that. I, I just don't like the uh, pulling the rug from underneath everybody again, Like, which is what I think that's our problem with that Hell in a Cell match. I mean, I guess they're coming in front. You know, they're they're saying before we even get to that point, you know, like it, it would have been nice to know that Bray Wyatt, you know, well, we won't let him get murdered in this match. So if it gets to that point, like if they made that announcement right before the Hell in a Cell match, I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm off base, but I see these things are, are the exact same as telling me that the, the wins and losses matter. And then the Kenny Omega uh john moxley match doesn't and then that's that's the same thing to bray wyatt being built to the zenith and then losing or not winning at hell in a cell because he was about to get murdered in a match that can't end in a dq i i'm gonna i'm all i'm doing is stating over and over again the same point of view so i'm gonna stop um but i don't know if you wanted a quick rebuttal to me one more time or otherwise we can move on to nxt no it it works for me it, it didn't work for matt and that's why we have the brothers of discussion um uh, and we wait can, can i did did you like what that idea or you i mean because I, like I don't idea, mind and then i don't mind moxley being like over the top because we've already seen like some hardcore matches with aew that are that just get so over the top i think you silly. only watched it's one fun. it sounds like you only watched one promo because um, he also cut one against no, the librarian. Yeah, in the ring. Yeah. When he said, yeah. you know, I'm the baddest son of a bitch in this cage. I'm the sickest son of a bitch in this cage. Isn't a person in the back that's mm-hmm. going to prove me wrong. Uh, yeah. I, I thought that was uh, well done. Like, I, I I didn't say that was bad. Yeah, I mean, they WWE always said, you know, that Moxley talking was about the, branding um, and... Uh, the lunatic fringe, but they would always tell us he was the lunatic fringe yeah. without letting him be the lunatic fringe. So, um, this sounds like a step in the right direction for that character. So I'm, if we had to do that clown show to start to get to that end point, that's where it is like Bray Wyatt, where it's like, well, it, it's not exactly how I wanted to get here, but I guess we're on the road. So, I, okay, we're here. So you know, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna. It's always I'm the journey, settle. Mike. I'm okay. Not not it's never just getting there, Mike. It's the journey to it. That's what you gotta appreciate. Um, Let's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, now I feel like we're talking philosophy. I just want to let everybody know my philosophy is never as long as we get there. I want the journey to be good too. <laughs> yeah. I don't just want to know that there's a new Witcher TV show coming oh, out. Oh, here I want we go. It to actually Matt, be let's good. talk NXT. Oh, um, Lord. <laughs> you and your boyfriend, the Witcher. Well, in the Witcher, yeah. Mike, there's going to be a lot of war, right? Um, <laughs> how's this transition? Matt, isn't that a but... name you're describing? <laughs> <laughs> but in NXT, Mike, there's going to be two wars. Yay! <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so what happened was um, we we actually have Rip, uh, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai fighting up against uh, Baszler, Marina Shafir, uh, Jessamyn Duke, and then uh, Bianca Belair and Io Shirai come jumping in right at the end of this battle. And lo- oh, God, I love William Regal so much in his role as a GM. 
uh, comes up on his little, his cute little platform uh, up above the ring uh, to make this announcement as he's trying to get these ladies uh, separated. I've got a very simple solution for this. War Games. And that, that was uh, Rhea Ripley kicking one of the security <laughs> guards at the end there. Um, how about how about the biggest twist in all of this? Like Rhea Ripley coming to NXT yeah. from NXT UK. How about her being an over face? Yeah. Like, She's the conquering hero. Her making that yeah. work. Uh, yeah, that's so great. She was such a great heel. And she's making being a face like the most badass thing in the women's division. I, Mike, we've said it a billion times. She yep. is money. I, I just, I don't know how many times we can say it. Uh, she's a globetrotter. She's going to bring fans from all over the planet. She's amazing at what she does. She's got power, speed, agility. She's got all the tools. She's amazing on the mic. And now she's able to cross between face and heel. Uh, you know, as smooth a transition as, as Paul White could do. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh so with that, obviously Ripley's going to be captain of one team, and then we've got Shayna Baszler, the uh, NXT Women's Champion, will be captain of team number two. Now, team number two, Mike, if you're counting at home, is one, two, three, four, Uh-oh. five members. Rhea Ripley's team, Mike, has only four. Oh, they're going to need an alternate, Matt. Who? Who are you adding as the fifth to make this a five-on-five war games uh... match? Naomi. That's a good one. I was wondering if Ember Moon Ooh. wanted to fight again, if she wanted to uh, yeah. be in wrestling again. I, I thought that that one really made I mean, sense in my mind. Uh, that's way better than my pick. I, I hope it's not somebody like Piper because I don't think that the storyline is really there. Um, Ember coming back no. to do battle against like Baszler and Shafir and Duke. That would be electricity. Um. I think, I think if the the four horsewomen in the main roster, if that storyline wasn't so muddied, I think you could easily pull, you know, Bailey, Sasha, yeah. Um, I mean, Becky or Charlotte. I think that's, that's, that's kind of cool. That's just that, on its you know those own. easy picks are not really on the table. Like it's not going to be Becky, Charlotte, Natty, yeah, you know, Sasha, uh, Bailey. None of those people are going to be involved. It doesn't work. Uh, this is a A plus because Ember's definitely been on the sideline. We don't know where the hell she's been. Um, I think for her to come home to NXT would be uh, just it would be an NXT creative sized idea where it's just yes, perfect. Um, I wish I wish I had a Chris Jericho drop of him saying it's a good idea from good creative, <laughs> which would be us. Well, man, but, how about this? Um, it's the opposite of. Oh, it is the opposite of. It was a stupid idea from bad creative. <laughs> we need to get more than one drop. Um... <laughs> Do we? I mean, that's a pretty bulletproof drop. Uh, you just either say it is or it's the opposite. We got it. I, I'm thinking about cutting that Ric Flair promo into like a four second of him just going. <laughs> kind of like. Um, 
big mouth, those monsters. Anyway, uh, the hormone monsters, that's what they're called. All right. So, I mean, we're we're doing something uh, obviously never been done before uh, an NXT with the, the women's war games. And uh, I mean, the end of the show was was just as great, I thought, with uh, the second war games being announced or at least. What I think is, because uh, oh, Champa said he'd like... Sorry, Goldie, Daddy's going to war. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least with Champa saying he's going to make war. make blood I'm... move in your genitals. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, we're also short a guy on Champa's team, because that would make it four on three. And I didn't know if Johnny and Finn Balor were getting involved in this or if it really is just going to be one-on-one on the next big NXT show of Finn Balor and, and Gargano going at it. I hope that's the case because I, I think that that um, kind of opens the card up a little bit more. And you got to, you know, if you get Champa in there with, uh, gosh, I don't know, Keith Lee. Is he going to be in there with Dijakovic, uh, Velveteen? Um, I don't know, Matt Riddle? I, I don't know. All those guys are on the table. I think that well, yeah, I is, think Matt. That I think I was kidding. You know, I like to rib you about who who gets to watch the better show every week. I think you got the better show because um, you had exciting like clashes night of, and then you really got to set the stage for the future and get you really excited. Yeah, I, I think uh, this was like the first time for me since since watching NXT and AEW that NXT really started to pull in the storylines with with what has been, you know, some amazing wrestling uh, these last few weeks. Uh, but I, it, it's hard. This is, the, uh, this is the first week it's really hard for me to pick a winner, though. And I think that's, that's maybe what I'll put the stamp on. Like, there's got to be an NXT and AEW, or they're both worth watching. Like, there wasn't a clear-cut winner for me. Um, and I, I think that's... That's got to be something we should start keeping track of is, is like wins, losses, and ties. Because here at Brothers of Discussion, Mike, uh, the wins and losses matter, and the ties are even better. So- That's right. <laughs> so with uh, NXT wrapping up, we do have, you kind of hinted at, uh, at it already, Mike. We've got to talk about Survivor Series adding NXT Ooh. because I think, Mike, this is huge news for anybody that's purchased a Royal Rumble ticket, <laughs> which should be you and I, because I think, Mike, now we are attending an event that is not a Raw and SmackDown only Royal Rumble. It will also be an NXT Royal Rumble. And even better, Mike, I think we're going to get maybe a 40 man Royal Rumble. Um, really got my fingers crossed on that. But uh, yeah, Survivor Series is going to be Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. And I don't know how they're going to do it. If they're doing like round robin stuff and they're going to have NXT face Raw every now and then, SmackDown face uh, NXT, you know, kind of thing. And who's got the best win-loss record. Uh, I think that's a great idea. But the the most fun thing in the world, Mike, would be triple threats top to bottom. (laughs) It would just be so much fun. Or like if it was like, if it's like the tag division and we get like six six teams going at it to you know two nxt to smackdown to raw i don't i don't know let's just right now i think the most interesting conversation mike and this comes back to um you know do i think the fiend is going to have a long title run this would be my argument against him not having a long title run because if you do raw versus smackdown versus nxt 
you've probably got to do Brock versus The Fiend versus Adam Cole, which... Oh, man. Sign me up! I know! Like, I hate Brock as much as the next guy. And and it looks like we're stuck with Brock for, for much longer than we may have anticipated. Um, but, damn, that... I'd watch that main event. Because you got to think, like... Finn Balor gets close when it's just Finn versus Brock Lesnar. But if you've got yeah. the Fiend in the middle there, Adam Cole's going to get some licks in, and he might get a win. Um, I just, I don't know. That really excites me, having Brock in a triple threat for the title, and especially with two talented individuals like uh, Bray Wyatt and uh, Adam Cole being in the other corners. But there's there's so many matches that I think we've been hoping and praying for for so long that could be happening. I mean... Like, think about AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Roderick Strong, Mike, in a triple threat match at Survivor Series. I just got chills, and my nips are hard. They're put, they just popped through my shirt. I got so excited thinking about that. Um, I, I just, yeah, like, I, I'm dead serious. I did. I just got chills just thinking about that. And I'm kind of embarrassed to say, but, you know, then on the flip side, um, We've got Shada Baszler finally coming up and taking on Becky and Bailey, right? Bailey's got it. Bailey, Bailey's got the title back. Yep. Yeah. Be- yep. <laughs> How amazing is that? Becky, Bailey, and Baylor. Baszler. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that this is uh, a long time coming. I mean, we've had NXT kind of. Hanging around, you know, we we got we we can do it. And then they kind of it was like they're testing the waters with war games because yeah. those were big team clashes. And now it's like, what the hell, what are you doing? Let's just have these guys all fight each other. Yeah, um, and for once, it doesn't feel like a like a paper alliance. Like NXT is a brand that we recognize and respect. You know, NXT is going to war against you know the big brother. Um. So I, I think that this this could be like you know record numbers for Survivor Series. Just all I got to do is book it right, and I, I don't think it should be that tar- that hard to book. <laughs> yeah, and it would be a real shame to see like NXT come through as like the ah oh, shucks, look at they almost won every match. Like I I asked the question, should this be? Is this the first time there should be a clean sweep at Survivor Series if we're keeping track of like Raw and SmackDown records? And I, I would argue, Mike, yes, a thousand percent. We should have NXT come in as the underdog and win every single match, including Brock versus Bray versus Cole. I think that part <laughs> of the... Um, and have Adam Cole I, walk I out with the be, WWE and the Universal like, title. I'm just kidding. It would, it would be legitimate, like, um, <laughs> like chest bumping. You know what I mean? Like, I, because I, you know, it, it definitely feels like sometimes the WWE guys kind of look at, man, why does the NXT guys get all that respect? Or, you know, look at how Finn Balor was. I think he was really excited to come back down to NXT because he he kind of saw how easy it is to get lost in the shuffle, and he wanted to be part of that family again. So I think there's a lot of pride um, that those guys have. So I I think this would be a Survivor Series that would feel like there's real emotional bragging rights and real emotional stakes on the line. I, like I, I would, like I, I want Survivor Series tomorrow. Like that's how exciting it would be. Like I, I'm ready. Yeah, this. I mean, and and to keep taking that step forward. 
I, I think you agree with me. Royal Rumble is easy to write if you throw NXT in there. Um, and I think we've already seen uh, the ticket change because you, you would get a ticket to Worlds Collide and they're not doing a takeover at, at Royal Rumble. We already talked about that. But Mike, is WrestleMania... Is it, are we done booking feud matches at WrestleMania? Because we're going to have another four matches now from NXT to fit in to WrestleMania on top of the other championship matches. I I don't know. Because they're going to do war games, so they might figure out you know, like one one mega takeover or something like that. I, I don't know. We'll, I think that one we're going to have to kind of wait on a little bit. I'm just, I'm so excited yeah. for Survivor Series. Yeah, me too. It's, man, what what an announcement. Like, I, I, I honestly can't wait to see these clashes. It's going to be one of those things where we don't even need the match to start. Just seeing these people kind of square off face-to-face, like you said. You know, AJ Styles versus anybody in NXT would, would be really cool. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, Daniel Bryan and Roddy Strong clash again. You know, they used to in the indies. We got to see them at that um, greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, they got to fight each other a little yeah. bit. Um, it, it's there's the entire roster would just be electric. I, I think that um that that could be a show I would want to buy a ticket for. That's a show I'd want to travel for. Depending on, you know, please just just book it right. I, I don't don't overthink it. There's already that natural, um, I think kind of uh um not hatred, but. Like that, that competitive, yeah, competitive nature spirit. that comes out yeah. between these guys as they try to get, you know, um, a leg up in their careers. I, it's awesome. A great idea. Yeah, and we, and we we talked a while back about doing NXT versus NXT UK in like a, uh, a Ryder Cup kind of situation. Um, I'm fine with this. this I'm fine with this being it. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to get it, I'm fine with it being one night and it, it being this. This is yes. fantastic. Uh, I guess we kind of got that with Worlds Clyde, so I'll keep my mouth shut or pay attention next time. Uh, any hoozles? Mike, we have only one topic that you brought up in your intro uh, that I think uh, you wanted to bring up. I know it's going to bring the show down in regards to energy and uh, direction, but um, I think I think this is an opportunity for us to tell everybody that that Jordan Miles t-shirt was racist. And if you don't see it, that's part of the problem. You're part of the reason that we have a president that is a bonehead. Uh, and furthermore, if the WWE does not see that that's racist, that is, in fact, racist. So. Well, here's. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I. it's clearly racist. If you haven't seen it, um, it's in our discussion group. Uh, basically, we just it's a Ooh. black shirt for a black wrestler. And the entire graphic design is a is a red mouth with white teeth. Um, it looks like every with a black t-shirt. You know, yeah, a black t yeah black t-shirt with a you know red lips and white white teeth. Um, it looks like every racist depiction of a you know black person in a cartoon that you can imagine. Um, and I think this isn't the first time WWE's done something, you know pretty pretty offensive to uh you know the morals of a regular human being um they you know removed the shirt it's no longer for sale on wwe shop uh you know jordan miles tried to call it out uh we we haven't really seen him on tv for a while um i I don't know if he's 
you know, going to be punished for speaking his mind on Twitter and trying to bring to light this awful situation um, where I, I don't know how this shirt possibly got through like the PR team at WWE. Um, hopefully it, it didn't go through them because that means that there's some, some radical uh, restructuring of that team that needs to occur if you're not able to see something that you know, I could describe to somebody on the phone and they knew exactly what I was talking about. And then they saw the shirt and couldn't believe the description matched the shirt. Um, so I guess the big question here, Matt is it was definitely racist. They're definitely trying to sweep it under the rug. What's it going to take for us? How many, like how many more excuses are we going to make for this company? where we spend our hard-earned money watching the network, uh, you know, spending money on cable to watch them on cable, spending money on T-shirts, spending money on, you know, video games, spending money to travel to watch their shows, buy tickets. What's it going to take? Brother. Um, that was a nod to also having Hulk Hogan in there. Because you said, you know, like, what's it going to take? What, what you're going to do? <clears throat> anyway, uh Mike, there, there, there isn't much more, right? Like we should already probably have walked away. Um, but I think it comes back to that point I made earlier uh, where the WWE is, is saying they're trying to be better and we can keep pointing the past and saying, you know, you did all these bad things, but you get, you know, I, it's tough, right? Like uh, there's so many things that we can point to and so few things uh, that, that, that they've done in, in a response to reconcile all of those bad things. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're the problem. You and I, we have a show that primarily talks about the WWE, even though we bring up AEW for, for a bit, for a little bit. We don't even talk about AEW dark. <laughs> we, don't, we don't bring that up. You know, it's only on a free right. platform called YouTube. Um, <laughs> but, huh, you know, we watch the blood money show uh, and then this happens. And I think, uh, you know, the first thing I sent to you was, is this it? Is this where we draw the line? And I don't know. I, I think we're really, really, really close. Well, I think all you can do is it. It's so ingrained in us to watch WWE because it is so, uh, yeah. Accessible. Um, and WWE's kind of done two things. Uh, because of the magic of the internet, it's easier than ever to get WWE content. Um, you know, learn about wrestling, learn about wrestlers. Um, you know, we, we end up watching wrestling not because we just love WWE so much. We love the characters on the show. Um, and I guess the, the, the two things that happen are, like, with the magic of the internet, they're able to get all that information out there so quickly. And then with how much information there is out there, it's easy to kind of downplay and forget when something like this happens. Cause now, you know, there'll be, you know, new news coming out, you know, in the next second, the next minute, next hour, um, and Jordan miles, story is going to get buried. So I guess the most responsible thing you could do is completely walk away um, but because this is the most accessible wrestling show, I guess just try to use it to at least act a little bit better on your own, um, you know, and support somebody like Jordan. Um, 
you know, try to make, try to make, you know, maybe second guess if you're going to invest even more money into a company that's going to make business decisions like that. I, I don't think that we can, you know, you can't really change the world or change wrestling, but you can at least, you know, it, make a small change in your own behaviors. So shame on WWE. Good for Jordan Miles. I, I hope that he, you know, still finds some success in his career and is still able to make some money with, with wrestling and that this isn't some blacklist situation where it's, you know, it's hard for him to get out from under this story. But, um, yeah, I mean, just try to talk about the story, let people know what happened, and at least try to adjust your own decisions. I guess that's that's kind of the best thing you can do. Yeah, and, and one of the things I saw on Twitter this week that, you know, really brings it into perspective, like, don't stop supporting... Stop saying you need to support AEW or WWE and support wrestlers. Support those guys first, because uh, they're you know they're the ones that are putting their body on the line just for us and are eating up an hour of our our week. Yeah. So I, yeah, I support, think that support the talent. Don't don't nobody cares about the company. That's that's what blows my mind. Is like we used to like back in the day we used to get upset like when an athlete that we loved in our local sports team would leave for greener pastures why guys making a living why wouldn't he want to go earn you know double what his the home team's offering for a home team discount who gives a shit it's a business (laughs) he's trying to have a house and feed his family who gives a fuck if he plays in your city so it's just like that. I don't give a damn about AEW. I don't give a damn about WWE. I like the performers. So I, you know, I, I wish people would be a little bit more cognizant of that fact that it doesn't matter what company they work for. It's not about, you know, I only support the indie guys or I only support the guys who, you know, actually made it to a real show that's on TV. Those are companies. Who cares about them? You should just enjoy the wrestling, and that's done by the wrestlers. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that's going to be probably my final thought for this episode. It's support the wrestler, not the company. I agree. <laughs> All right, we could put a pin in this episode, Matt. We're we're pushing hour, pushing an hour. We're finally going to end one somewhat on time. Let's do it. It's right off into the sunset. Right. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Head on over to bodpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com to check out everything Brothers of Discussion. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple uh, Podcasts. And of course, if uh, you're looking for us elsewhere, we are on Google, Google Play, we're on Spotify, we're on everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We are available. So thank you so much for listening. We are the Brothers of Discussion. Have a good one. <laughs>